Good to have you with us this morning or evening or afternoon, whenever you're joining with us online. It makes it possible for folks to be with us in worship when they're able to do so, and we're, we're glad to be able to provide that for you. We intend to continue providing these online worship opportunities even after we're able to gather together physically again. We recognize that as that process starts, there'll be a lot of people that are going to feel a little bit uneasy about gathering in crowds. We understand that. In fact, we encourage you as that process starts, if you have some issues in your life or just have some personal concerns about gathering around other people, don't feel bad about staying home and just continuing to worship with us online. We'll continue providing this for the foreseeable future, and we're glad to be able to do that. I wanted to share with you just a word about how that process is going to unfold. Hopefully by this time you either have received an email or we also have sent out a print form of that email to those of you who don't have Internet access But uh, we are going to be refining that information as the date gets closer. And as you may have noticed in the email, because the regulations and guidelines change almost weekly, if not sometimes daily, we're trying to be responsive to that. In fact, between the time that we wrote the email and the time that many of you received the email... The regulations and guidelines had already changed yet again. So we're trying to be responsive to that as best as we can. And we know you understand that that can be a difficult process. But here are the plans as they stand right now. We are planning to begin with a soft open on June 14th. That's Sunday. That will be the last day that Springfield will be in the second phase of its reopening process. And so we're calling that a soft open because we're going to limit the number of people that will be in the two services that we'll be having. We'll have our 830 service and our 11 o'clock service, just like always. But on that Sunday, June the 14th, we'll be doing that by reservation only. And I know many people are interested how that reservation process is going to work. Quite frankly, we're waiting until we know exactly what the guidelines are going to be that week before we determine exactly what that reservation process will be. But we'll be letting you know that information just as soon as we feel comfortable with what the guidelines are going to be for that Sunday. But on that Sunday, we'll have those limited services in order to be sure that the processes that we are putting in place to safely distance everyone in our auditorium And also as you come in and exit our building, that all of those will work the way that we hope that they will. Then on Sunday, June the 21st, Springfield will then be in the third phase of their reopening. So we'll have uh, services again at 830 and 11 o'clock. And we'll allow everyone to come up to the limit of what we will be able to have the service for, again, following all of the appropriate guidelines. Now, we're going to give you a lot more information about what those guidelines are going to be and how all of that is going to work as we get closer to that June 14th date. So be watching your email and and other uh, communication outlets. We'll get that information to you just as quickly as we possibly can so that everybody has the opportunity to join with us. We will only be doing Sunday morning worship. 
We won't have our Sunday school. We won't have our other ministries at that time. Right now, it's just not possible to socially distance those in the ways that the guidelines require. So as we start, it'll only be those Sunday morning uh, worship times. Again, the regular times, 8.30 and 11 o'clock. We'll be getting you more information as that gets closer. Most importantly, we very greatly appreciate your prayers. We want to do this in a way that honors the Savior, in a way that keeps you and your family safe, and in a way that just as soon as we can, we are able to gather together and worship the Lord. We're glad you're here with us online this morning, and we're looking forward to worshiping God today. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, thank you for all the wonderful ways you continue to bless National Heights, even during this strange time when we've been doing our ministries in a a very different way than what we're used to. You've continued to work. You've continued to bless us, and, and we give you praise. We ask that as we begin to take steps to reopen our ministries here at National Heights, that you give us wisdom, that you give us guidance. Thank you for the good leadership that you have placed in this church that is being wise in the decisions that they are making as we move forward. Thank you for the wonderful congregation that continues to be so faithful in ways that they are trusting you, in ways that they are are listening to your voice in their life. We look forward to being able to worship you together again. In Jesus' name, amen. Over the past few weeks, we've been asking a question, what does God want? We've seen that God wants us to know that he is God and he alone is God. He wants us to know that he alone is worthy of our worship. He wants us to know that he alone is the authority in our world and in all of creation. And finally, we saw last week, he wants us to remember his word. This morning, we're going to see that God wants balance in our life. And we're going to find out what that balance is in Deuteronomy chapter 12. We'll be looking at verse 32 as we continue looking at these words of Moses to the nation of Israel, words that describe how we as the people of God should live as well. Balance is very important in life. Without balance, I wouldn't be able to stand here this morning. I I wouldn't be able to walk up and down the aisle here at church. But, But balance isn't just a physical importance. Balance is also important in the way that we live our life. If you focus too much on the wrong thing, life can really go out of control. For example, I was making a waffle the other day for for breakfast and and I got a little involved in a television show I was watching while that waffle was cooking. I I missed the timer going off and so I wound up with uh, waffle extra crispy. Actually, it was a waffle extra burnt. But uh, you get the idea. If I'd had a little more balance in my life, been a little more focused on what I was doing, a little less focused on some of the unimportant things that were going on around me, I would have had a much better breakfast. The Bible emphasizes the need for balance in our life. A balance that God identifies for the nation of Israel here in Deuteronomy chapter 12. and A balance that the Bible uh, identifies for you and me as well. In verse 32, where the scripture says, See that you do all I command you. Do not add to it or take away from it. For the correct balance in life, it's God's word. 
no less and no more. We should exercise care in living our life according to God's word. In Deuteronomy chapter 12, Moses describes the duty of Israel to worship God and God alone. We looked at that last week. They were to rid themselves of any remnant of the pagan worship that had been so prevalent in the land before they arrived, and they were to establish a central place where God's people could worship him together. Verse 32 then forms a bridge between chapter 12 and chapter 13. In chapter 13, the Bible describes how essential it was for the nation of Israel to worship God and God alone. Verse 32 says the same thing two different ways. First, the verse describes how God calls his people to observe everything that he commands of them. The word that is used in this passage for do, it's a much broader word than our English word. It's a word that means to be careful, to guard, to exercise great care in doing exactly what you've been instructed to do. Instructions can sometimes be not so essential, Sometimes they're absolutely essential. For example, if someone is giving you instructions on how to eat an ice cream cone, well, that, that's important. I mean, nobody likes to have sticky hands, but the reality is if things go awry, you know, just a washcloth can clean it all up and, and you'll be just fine. But if someone is having brain surgery, they probably want a surgeon who stayed awake in class. A surgeon who has stayed up on all the current case studies. A surgeon who is going to follow the instructions to the letter. For the Israelites and for us, God describes how his instructions are absolutely essential for our life. That we should take great care to follow what he has commanded us to do. Now, for the Israelites, this would require two things. First, they needed to understand God's command. They they needed to listen to what God was saying. They needed to seek out what God's command for them actually was. But, But they not only needed to know God's command, they also needed to live God's command. We've all seen the the dreaded words, some assembly required. Those words strike fear in the heart of every parent who has waited until the night before to put together the present that they bought for their child's birthday. Nothing like sweating bullets at 2 a.m. trying to put together a bicycle. It's why we rejoice when we receive one of those items that says, Comes fully assembled. I bought a bicycle that way once, except when I went to roll the bicycle out to the car, I looked underneath it and there were several nuts and bolts laying there on the concrete underneath it. I knew that one of two things had happened. Either the store, when they put the bicycle together, they pulled it out of the 
carton and, and the company had put in some extra nuts and bolts for them just in case something got lost or something extra was needed along the way. And, and those that were laying on the concrete were just the extras. They weren't needed at all. Or they had put the bicycle together and all of a sudden wound up with a handful of nuts and bolts and thought, I wonder what these are for. Well, you know, if it was just holding on some of the decorative items on the bicycle, that's no big deal. If it's the nut and bolt holding the seat to the frame of the bicycle, I would kind of want to know that before I take off riding down the street. There are times in life when following the instructions are optional. Following God's command is not one of those times. God has given us His clear word. Not a book of suggestions, but His command for life. We're called to carefully observe what the Bible says. To take care that we do, that we live out what the Bible commands us to do. And this is for a really important reason. When you try to assemble something and you don't follow the instructions... That usually doesn't work very well. When we don't follow God's instruction for our life, it's not going to work any better. When we don't follow God's instruction for what He wants in our life, we will not have the very best that we could have in our life. The Bible provides directions for a fulfilled, abundant life. Deviate from those instructions and we will run into problems every time. Israel failed to learn that lesson and they've paid a price in their history time and time again. Don't make the same mistake. Don't add or subtract from God's word. Just do it. Again, listen to these words of verse 32. See that you do all I command you. Do not add to it or take away from it. First, God tells the nation of Israel to follow his command. To exercise great care in doing exactly what he told them to do. Then, he repeats the same thing, but in a slightly different way. Do not add to it or take away from it. God warns the Israelites not to add to his command, but also not to subtract from his command. This was not a buffet line where they could just go through and kind of pick and choose what they liked and what looked good to them. They were to obey God's command exactly as he had given them to them. There's a clear difference between what God says and what we say. When we speak, we should always test what we say and what we hear. It might be the truth. It may not be the truth, or it may be some mixture of the truth and error. We should always be careful to distinguish between the difference. But God's word is different. We need to hear God's word, understand God's word, and then do God's word. Too often we're guilty of 
a little bit of addition or subtraction. Often it's not directly intentional. Sometimes it's just disobedience by omission. We don't follow God's word because either we didn't remember it or we just ignored it. But sometimes we are guilty of picking and choosing. We follow God's word as long as it doesn't inconvenience us. We need to avoid that tragic mistake. We need to learn God's word. We need to know what it says. We need to discern what God's word means for our life. And then we need to live what God's word says. Getting back to the brain surgery, I'm grateful that doctors don't perform surgery the way that sometimes we as Christians try to live our life. Imagine if a doctor decided, I think I'll just take a few extra parts while I'm in here. Or maybe to add a few extra things in, just because he thought we might need them. I'm guessing we would be a little more than irate when we woke up from that kind of surgery. Not to mention the fact that we would be mad at the hospital, we'd be mad at the nurses, we'd be mad at everybody that had any part of anything like that. Now the good news is doctors take great care going through years of training and they are working very diligently to make sure that they do exactly what we need so that we can get well. If we want someone to take that kind of care with our physical body, we should desire to do the same or even more when it comes to our walk with Christ. We need to take time to learn what the Bible says. Praying for for God's wisdom, praying for His direction, seeking to discern exactly what God's will is for our life. We should follow his command as he has given them, no more and no less. We should seek each day to the best of our ability to do what God has told us to do, because following his command will be the best life we can possibly have. Heavenly Father, help us. First, to know your word, to understand your will and your command for our life. And Heavenly Father, we pray that as we understand your word, that we would also be ready to do it. That we would not only absorb your word, but that we would also live your word, being careful to follow your command. Help us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe this morning God's been working in in your life. Maybe there's a need that you've discovered in your heart, something that's been missing, something that's just not been right. And and you've been trying to fill that need with a, a lot of things, but all of a sudden you recognize, you know, what I need is Jesus. And we want to help you with that this morning. If you'll simply email us here at the church, nhbc at nationalheights.org. We'll be glad to to 
respond to you with information about how you can personally receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because that's really the only way that we can ever possibly follow God's command. We can't do it without Him. And we like to share with you how Jesus Christ forgives your sin, how He cleanses us from all unrighteousness, how He will make you brand new if simply by faith you'll trust Him as your Lord and Savior. We'd like to share that with you. You simply email us here. Maybe there's some other decision that God has placed on your heart, maybe looking for a church home, we'd be glad to share with you how you can be a part of what National Heights is, is doing in, in the ministries that we have in our, our area. Maybe there's some prayer need that you'd like us to be praying with you about. Again, simply email that to us. We would be glad to be praying with you. In whatever way God is leading in your heart, you listen. Responding to His command, we would love to help you in your walk with the Savior. I hope you and your family are well. And we look forward to being together with you very, very soon. God bless you.